0: Right at the fork, it's proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupan's.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. Both serve the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join right at the fork host Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo Chef Jose Chessa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. And make sure to check in on local PFA events and by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal ever since its founding in 1899 san pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style
1: all right it's time once again for portland's food scene podcast with your host chris angeles from portland food adventures i'm court johnson oh i'm sorry chris you we're a little bit you and i can't look at each other because it's a reversal of roles where chris angeles portland food adventures is on the phone but we actually have yeah. Gary Gary the Foodie in the studio.
2: Right, right. So we can't really cue each other off to no. whether I'm going to introduce you as Court from Kink.fm. Right. But, I mean, we've been doing this long enough, we shouldn't have to look at each other.
1: Right, so we should just be able to finish each other's sentences. Dinner.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, cut, you're cutting out a little bit, so I'll try not to cut in and right. cut out. So we'll let Gary do most of the talking, but I have a few things. So it's been a while since we had Gary in with us to talk about uh, what he's been doing, because Gary's been traveling a lot and probably Gary will probably agree dining more outside of Portland than in these days. So that right.
3: Yeah. I've hit hit close to 150 restaurants outside of Portland since January 1st.
2: Wow. Wow. But who's counting? Right. Actually,
3: might be more, might be less. I don't know. But, you know, before we start, um, the reason I haven't been on is traveling. And also, I think you'll hear me less frequently on here. We talked about it. At first, it was just I was going to just quit and because I wasn't in town very much. And But, you know, we, I think we've settled on something where it would be every quarter, come in and talk and see what's new in Portland or what's not so new in Portland.
2: That's enough and because I think we can, you know, we can cover it. In one podcast, it doesn't need to be on a monthly basis. And frankly, I I really am. Um, I think it's great to cover what's new in Portland, but I also think, you know, our podcast talks to the people who've been around for a while as well. And I think I think that's important that we don't just highlight all the shiny new things in Portland and um, we cover everything. So I think, you know, not every month is fine. And uh, But I'm glad you're not... You're not leaving us, and we'll just continue this, but just not as frequently. And it's fine; it'll give us some opportunity to uh, find out some new things. We just had Brooke from Eater, the new editor at Eateron, and talking about what she's excited about and what's coming up. So we'll hear from some different folks, and we'll get we'll do some sound bitey kind of things that we've done in the past, where we'll talk about you know one category and best places to get it. So, but today. We've got a few months since the last time you were here. So you've got, I'm sure you've got a bevy of new places that you've been. I've got. Chris, before you start,
3: I I just wanted to mention something that happened recently. And that's um, Kelly Myers, who's the chef at Chico, had a massive stroke. And it's it's very sad. And a lot of restaurants around town (laughs) are chipping in and donating some of their proceeds from specific nights. To mm-hmm. Kelly's recovery, and plus there is um, an online um, site which is accepting um, funds for Kelly's recovery. I, I, I forgot which one. I donated a little bit of money, and it's out there. Find the link on Eater. I think it's
1: a You Care. It's yeah, a you, you Care account. You are correct. Yep. Thank you. Thank a- you. And part. if you if, you're, if you follow Greg Denton, he's been talking about it. He's linked to it. So we'll we'll put a link on the right at the fork, just so people can That's great. know how to get there.
2: And I talked to Liz Davis, and I had proposed that we do, and I think this would be a really nice way because what they're they're trying to accomplish is just generate as much revenue as they can to make sure that Chico's doing well when Kelly, while she's going through her rehabilitation, which is going to be that the restaurant's doing well when she gets back. And so so I talked to Liz. I wanted to do a, a Portland food adventure. Dinner there where we just generate a ton of gift certificates from other restaurants, and it's going to be a, a pretty, pretty high ticket price. All of the proceeds would go to Chico. We haven't yet established a date. We only established that we want to do it. So we'll be, I'll be talking about that coming up, too. So I'm glad. Um, it's a terrible thing, and I wanted to do whatever I could do to help and get other people to help as well. So thanks for mentioning that, Gary. You're welcome. Uh, so go. So where have you been in Portland recently? That uh, I mean, I'm sure you've been to Canard, right?
3: Yes. Uh, Portland is seemingly at the forefront of wine bars that are emphasizing food more so than I know of any place in the United States. Canard, I consider a wine bar, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And Wee Wine Bar, which is part of Southeast Wine Collective, Arden Wine Bar, which also recently opened. And Enotec and Nostrana are just four of the places that have opened up fairly recently. We being the longest, uh, it's, it's, we opened up a few months ago as um, kind of like a mm-hmm. wine bar, kitchen, restaurant. Mm-hmm. So Portland seems to be at the forefront of this and Canard being the most luminous, the newest and the most luminous and the best.
2: And what do you think the reason is for this? Do you think that we're we're clamoring for something new to stay? You know the, that the chefs are clamoring for something new because we've got some of our best chefs we're seeing doing this. Kathy Wims and, and of course Gabriel Lucker and Andy Fortgang of of Le Pigeon and Little Bird Bistro fame, um, and this Canard is right next door to Le Pigeon. So, what do you what do you attribute this to, Gary?
3: I think it just, it was more coincidence that you had four wine bars open up very close together. I think when they do, people think, oh, this is a trend nationally. I don't know. I don't think it is, but um, it's nice for Portland. I love Canard. Mm-hmm. It's, call it what you want, a wine bar or a restaurant. If it is a wine bar, it's probably one of the best wine bars in the United States. If it is a rest, if you consider it a restaurant, it's one of the best. new. Re- it is the, probably, the, not probably, it is the best new restaurant in portland so far and um there's a lot to love about canard the the vibrancy yeah, the vibe, it's, it's the it's, vibe
2: is great and right it's, it's more casual The energy is fantastic
3: yeah it, it's a more casual offshoot of a pigeon and even little bird prices are um i don't want to say much lower but they are lower almost everything is under twenty dollars there's something called the duck stack, which I loved, which is, I believe $15, but you can add foie to it, which has another 15, so it approaches, not approaches, it is $30. Um, I did have it with the foie and it was fantastic. Um, and Aaron, you know, I, I can't speak, it's hard for me to speak too much about the wine since I'm not really a, a wine aficionado, so I'm sure Andy's doing a fantastic job. Andy Forking's doing a fantastic job with the wine selections and with the wines. Aaron Zeiski, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, but Aaron Zaisky, who's the bar manager at Little Bird, also is the bar manager at Canard. His cocktails are fantastic. I've had most of them. Breakfast of Champions, which is um, London Dry Gin with Caper Brine and Dry Vermouth. And I've had the Foie Turn with Foie gras Bourbon and Sherry and Apricot Brandy and slightly Bougie Spritz with with um, uh, some sparkling rose and and some bitter lemon soda and dolan Blanc. it's it's go to if nothing else go go go, go to Canard and drink Aaron's um, cocktails. They're, they're fantastic. it's underrated most people won't talk most people talk about Gabriel's food, which is Gabriel Rucker for those who don't know, he's one of the most famous, if not the most famous chef from Portland. he's um, he's doing, he's doing an, a, a, a stellar job with the food. But Aaron's cocktails are not to be missed. My favorite things that I've had of Gabriel's at Canard at the Uni Texas Toast. The Chips and Dips, which is just more than Chips and Dips. It it comes with smoked mackerel and lemon pepper jam. The chicken wings. Oh, my God. They're they're among the best in Portland, right up there with Han Oaks. Duck Stack, which is the pancakes, which I was talking about earlier, with duck gravy and the swordfish Oscar is not to be missed either.
2: Uh that's what I went there for. I went for the Swordfish Oscar and I ma- and we managed to do a couple of the um the burgers, which I thought were just fantastic as well.
3: I would recommend so, getting the burgers in between four and five and I believe the late happy hour is nine and ten. They're three dollars then during the regular service is six dollars. Um that's kinda steep, but for I would highly recommend getting there early or later if you can. The burgers at three dollars. Do that, and I, I ordered a couple of burgers without the cheese, and that's actually my that will be my go-to steam burger from here on out. The steam burger sans the cheese, X cheese.
2: So let me ask you the question: the go-to steam burger. Does that mean that you have like a, a repertoire of steam burgers that you have to have, and this one just shot to the top of a list of twenty-four of them?
3: No, there are a few steam burgers. Um, the best <laughs> is White Castle, which is still. No offense to Gabriel, but I'd rather really have a White Castle burger. I haven't had it in decades, but from what I remember, they're like a buck, buck 50, something like that. I could have like 10 of them. Yeah. I forgot what I, they Well,
2: they used to be on the on the Westchester Expressway on the, on the way home from New York. We would stop once in a while. So, um, yeah, I, what did I have? I had the Great Pyrenees there, which was tequila, tequila. Uh, And a lot of other good stuff, including fluffy grapefruit. And that was really good. But I don't think those six bucks for those burgers are bad, given the price of burgers now and the fact that you're at Canard and you're probably not going there just for a burger. It's just one plate you're going to get out of a few. So I think it's I think it's nice. But yes, three bucks instead of six is certainly the way to go. Yes.
3: Yes. But you got
2: to get there early. Doesn't the happy hour end at five? Yeah,
3: it ends at five. Four to five is the first happy hour, the early happy hour. And I think nine to ten is the later happy hour.
2: Okay, good. Good. That was one of my favorite spots, too. So, um, and I'm glad I was able to go. I went with my uh, friend Donna from San Pellegrino. It was a lot of fun. Great.
3: And I've talked about We Wine Bar before, and that's inside the Southeast Wine Collective just off of Division. And Southeast Wine Collective is owned by Tom. Tom Monroe, and Kate Norris. The Wee Wine Bar chef is Althea Gray Potter. And there's a, I, I have talked about the $35 tasting menu, and it's a steal. Um, I went recently again. It had the, uh, like a curry hummus that was just, again, not to be missed. And the Cacio e Pepe risotto, which was well executed. And I think the $35, like I said, is a steal go to We Wine Bar and eat some of Althea Gray Potter's food because it's, it's a good bargain and pair it with all those wines that Tom and Kate have there. And
2: That's interesting because neither you nor I are really big wine people. Correct. But if they're serving great food, it really doesn't matter. So I'm just right. curious as to, I'm sure they're wine-driven and someone said, let's do something with great wine. But I also think from a marketing standpoint, as long as you're going to be a great restaurant, you may as well hit the wine, the wine harder and, and emphasize it by calling it a wine bar.
3: Yep. Greed. And there's yeah. a new wine bar that opened recently in the Pearl District, and it's called Arden Wine Bar. And it's uh, the co-owners of Thel- Thelonious mm-hmm. Wines. I don't know their last names, but it's Alex and Kelsey. The, the chef's name, I do know the last name, is Sarah Haman, who I've eaten her food through the years in San Francisco. She was at Huxley, where she was, she was named a San Francisco Chronicle Rising Star Chef. Then she was nominated two years in a row for Outstanding Rising Star Chef in the United States by the James Beard Foundation. One year was for her time at Mr. Jew's, which, which has a Michelin star. And Well, and the, the other year was for Huxley. And she, her last job, one of her last jobs in San Francisco was working at Michelin Star Octavia, where I've been and ate her food. And so Sarah's the chef there now, and I went during the soft open, and I've ha- I had a few dishes that I really enjoyed, like the cold smoked trout crudo and the nori tonorelli with sea urchin. I hope those two things are currently still on the menu. You should go and order them. It's a great-looking wine bar in the Pearl, and I had, a fan, I had a really fantastic time there.
2: And how much did you say it's a tasting menu? How, how much is that tasting well, menu? Well, here's
3: the deal. The, 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 the place is divided up into a wine bar, which is the front of the place. And then the back of the place is quote unquote a restaurant. And that's where you get the tasting menu in the restaurant. And then in the front of the place, it's more just a la carte. But I'm sure you can order a la carte at the restaurant. And if you want the tasting menu the, at the front, I'm sure they'll do that too. It's a s- relatively small right. place. And, uh, I mean, there's, you know, number of dishes from which you choose. Maybe 12, 13, 14, 15. So, good options. Good. And the last, All right, keep going. The, the last wine bar, which you could probably mm-hmm. speak about more m- more thoroughly than I can, is... And on I was there a few nights ago, and uh, the menu is a little bit limited compared to the other wine bars. There's eight, uh, six savory options and two sweet uh, options. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like the seafood antipasti dish, and I had some lasagna. And I had some, a couple of glasses of wine, uh, one of which was from Jesse Skiles from Vospeast, and I enjoyed that wine thoroughly. Thank you, Jesse. And it's a beautiful-looking uh, place, location. Um, I think, uh, once again, you can speak more thoroughly about it than I can because I'm sure you took a tour of it, and I just looked at it. Oh,
2: I, I have not actually taken a tour of the menu. I was going to be doing that at my event, which is going to actually have happened by the time this podcast um, uh, releases. So I have just been there for some wine, and I will say one of the advantages, or a couple of advantages of the place are it's gorgeous. So sitting at that bar is a really nice, romantic thing to do. I actually ended up there with a woman that I met at Cunard, who was up here from Austin, Texas, and um, she was a, a willing participant, and I was in the mood, and we went to five restaurants that night and ended at an Italian But we had already done Tusk and People's Pig and um, and Noble Rot and Canard. So by the time we got there, it was just a glass of wine that ended up with. But you know, Austin Morris Bridges is there, who is the um, who used to be at DOC, who get, who put on a wonderful wine experience over there. So he's handling all the wine at Nostrana and Enateca Nostrana. And of course, our dear friend, Natalia Torral, who, uh, has who is handling events for both places. And I'm sure they're going to be doing some great things. And she actually found out she got that job the morning of the podcast or uh, somewhere around that court. Wasn't it somewhere in that general framework?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Um,
2: so, uh, no, I can't speak to, I will be able to speak more about it in a, in a little while, Gary, but I can say it's a gorgeous spot. And the, um, the display of wines is gorgeous for anybody who who likes that sort of thing. And I'm sure it's Kathy Wims driven chef. There is Devin chase who, who has been in the kitchen at Nostrana for a while. So, um, I'm sure the food will be good. Yeah.
3: Um, Enjoy, uh, yeah, it sounds like the uh, PFA sounds very promising.
2: Well, it's a good, you know what? My uh, again, uh, I'm a little biased, but I always think PFAs, if you want to try a restaurant, it's a great way because we do, you know, it's six courses with some bites and you get a real feel for the place and a nice atmosphere too. So, and then we'll leave with gift certificates to um, where are we going? Oh, wares. And also, have you heard of Hogan's Goat Pizza?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's right across from my gym. One of my gyms. Oh, uh,
2: one got, of, your, got, one got, one got, of
3: got, your gyms. Great. I need more than I need a gym. Not just uh, yeah, uh, t- multiple. I, t- I have two gyms, yeah. And, and I have not eaten at Hogan's Goat because I go early in the morning. So it's not like I can go from my gym workout straight to Hogan's Goat to have a piece of pizza. But I would if I could. But I should. I just right. go in the afternoon. Well,
2: so... <laughs> So, yeah, they're, they're, uh, we'll have some gifts for people to go try that place at our Anatech and astronomy PFA. All right, enough of this, the uh, PFA promotion. Let's move on to some others that aren't wine bars, Gary. Palomar just opened up. Yeah, that's my next one, yeah. Ricky
3: Gomez was in Portland for, I believe, a few years before he moved to New Orleans, where he, where he helped open and worked at Cure, which is a James Beard Outstanding Bar finalist. It, we're recording on the day of the James Beard Awards, the, the, winner has right. not be, the winner has not been announced. It will be announced in a few hours. But Cure from New Orleans is one of the best bars in the country. He was there. He moved back to Portland to open up his dream bar. And I love sweet drinks. So, therefore, I love daiquiris. Not, you know, the, the old rotating frozen daiquiris were, were absolutely not to be missed at Palomar. I couldn't stop drinking them. They're like nine bucks. And I had the one night it was hibiscus frozen daiquiris. I had like four of them, and um, then there I saw blended daiquiris, and there was a mango strawberry, ma- mango and strawberry fro- frozen uh, r- blended daiquiri. That on another another night that I was there, and I think like got four of those. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in the in the space is really pretty. I I enjoyed Palomar, and, and can't it, wait to it's go also
2: back. kind of casual too. It's not yeah. pretentious. We ate upstairs and just had a couple of daiquiris and a few bites. And, uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I love that mural outside uh, on Division. Beautiful, yeah. At, at night, it's just a go. You walk, if you're walking up, you pass that mural. It's nice. I, I haven't been around enough to, I don't even know how long that's been up, but I really, uh, I really have took a little time with it when I was there the last time. But no, the, re- the, it's kind of a welcome. It's a welcome thing. There's nothing really like Palomar, and in Portland.
3: Well, if you like frozen slushies, daiquiris, guess what? Han Oak just got one. Just got a slushy machine. Actually, two. So I think I had like eight daiquiris frozen. Um, <laughs> Did they get it just for you? I think so. I I, I had. <laughs> I, I just was there this weekend. They, they started serving them this weekend. And actually, I don't know if this is news, but. Um, They've talked about it before, but, but um, Pete and Son, Pete Cho and Sun Yung Park are going to mm-hmm. open Hanok for like one night a week uh, as a tiki bar.
2: Oh, nice. So, Which reminds me, not to say, but I keep reading and I've only been there once. But as long as we're talking about tiki bars and that sort of thing, I got to get back to to I just haven't been there in a long time, and every a lot of people report it as one of their favorite places. Me? Yeah, Yeah, I've okay, talked about it more than go. once,
3: that it's my favorite bar in town. Um, I'm working, for you? Wow, I'm, I'm glad I
2: landed on that and didn't put you in the position to, you know, maybe have an experience that you didn't like and not say anything. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Well, it's so owned, by, it's owned by
3: Martin Kate, who also owns Smuggler's Cove in San Francisco, which is considered one of the best, if not the best, Tiki Bar in America. He also is an investor in Lost Lake, which... Was a James Beer semi finalist for a standing Bar Program in the United States. Martin Kate is the tiki man in the United States. I travel around the country looking for tiki bars and I, and you know, Martin owns the best of them.
2: Good job, Martin. Oh, wow! I didn't know. I thought I, I can't remember the Blair Reynolds. The does, the Blair, Reynolds to
3: Blair Reynolds does not yeah. own. Blair
2: Reynolds. Yeah, does, Blair does, Reynolds. No,
3: I don't think He's he, gone? I think so. I think he. I think he opened up Americano. I think he went from Halle Pile to open up Americano. And I don't think, I think he might have sold his interest in, in Halle Pile, but I'm not 100% sure. He may own still a okay. part. All
2: right. And of course, we knew that, and I, I think she might be there. Ben Bettinger's wife um, is, works there, I think, one or two nights a week. So, Autumn. So, um, at least she was. I'm not sure if that's still happening.
3: I'm not sure. I, I usually get my drinks made by Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay.
0: Where's my tiki drink?
3: I'm filling up my card. Uh, the card. You have to. You have all the tiki drinks on the card. You fill them up, and you get little stuff after that. After you fill up every single one and drink every single cocktail at Halei Pili, which is like 30 or 40 of them, then you get your name on a plaque or something like that. I'm
1: very, wow. I'm very You've far You got your
2: name on a few plaques around town, so yep. there will be that. You got, you're another girl, right? Yep. So, any other plaques we don't know about?
3: I think Hanok should put me, make me a plaque and put it on one of their chairs.
2: Yeah, and I think Casagna should too. That'd be that'd be nice. Do it on one of and my tables. And they should let us sit in it once, so we can go eat there on your behalf. Oh, uh, I sat at
3: a chair in London, which had a plaque on it from Robin, who's eaten at Heidone three hundred times. So wow. Uh, yeah, Robin only eats like three restaurants in the world: Echabari... Idoni and I think L'Arpège. So he travels around well, the world, just eats at three of the best restaurants in the world. Good job, Robin. I said he a chair. It's very comfortable.
2: All right. So what else do you have? I got a couple. Yeah, you know, I've only got one or two others. But you, but keep going, Gary. Okay?
3: I went on a dive bar crawl a few months. It was basically a few months ago with Joel Stocks and Emily Stocks. They were so, they were so kind. Joel and, Joel and Emily know the dive bars
2: around town. So they've taken me on and a couple. Just they're from. Well, Joel's from Holdfast. Yeah. So the irony is that the antithesis of a dive bar he runs. You know, one of the most beautiful dining programs in Portland, which is going to open a new location where the associated used to be on. Is that twelfth or is that twelfth or eleventh?
3: Something something like that, just off of Hoth, in between Hawthorne and Division.
2: Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it's ironic that you would go do a dive bar crawl with him, I mean, it's not unusual, but I just don't think of Joel as a dive bar guy.
3: And they and they they will open, which could be one of the best bars in the country, and that's Deadshot, which will be open seven days right. a week, led by Adam Robinson. He's traveled that around opens, the world. That's
2: opening first.
3: Yes, it's opening probably in May. He's traveled around right. the world, drinking at the best bars in the, in the world, as have I. I'm starting to do that. I was just in London, and he had three of the best, drinking at three of the best bars in the world. Number four. Well, when I Connif- met you, I
2: never thought you were uh, you as a drinker. This is a, this what, is a new thing. But well, when I travel, You're really progressing.
3: When I well, I drink thoroughly, I mean, uh, copiously in Portland, Oregon. But when I travel, I didn't used to drink. But now I'm hitting the road and drinking at some of the best bars in the world: Bar Termin- Termini, which is number nine in the world; number four, Conniff in London; and number twenty-one, The Gibson in the, all from London. I still have to hit three or four more. I'll see you London in a few months. Get ready. So you're,
2: doing, you're just doing drinking uh,
3: trips now, right? drinking? No, I did 15 restaurants and three bars
2: last week. Oh, okay. So you've just mixed that in yeah, with the mix. So every yeah. trip you're doing 15 restaurants. Um,
3: sometimes 25, sometimes 30. Wow. That's
2: okay, how, that's and you've how been able to, to expand the time that you spend in cities now. now. Um, it's like you know, five days. Your life days, has changed a little nights. bit. So now you don't have to be in and out in two or three days.
3: Well, I still am. So I eat like six restaurants, four to five, four to six restaurants a day.
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. and, that's, and that's why he has two gyms. That's why I have two gyms. Yeah. So more right, yeah. gym, more gym, Morning gym, Morning gym, night gym. I live in the I live in the gym. Yeah.
3: Got to I'm actually in yeah. I'm in the best shape of my life because I eat well. When I when I travel. I eat really good food, and I don't, I don't eat really decadent, rich food or, you know. And you're not
1: overeating. You're just
3: sampling. Well, maybe, I, am, yeah. I, am, I am overeating. Okay. I, I am overeating, <laughs> but it's really good food. It's like a lot of fish. I eat a lot of fish. I, I think uh, out, of the,
1: out of the three of this, if you were to place the three of us in this situation, I think Gary might be the only one who would come out of it not gaining weight, because me just thinking about it, I'm gaining weight. I have
2: not gained
3: weight, surprisingly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Surprise! I'm actually the best in my life. I had
2: this discussion with my doctor. Well, you know, because he knows I'm eating out quite a bit, and I don't eat out. I mean, nowhere near as much as you, Gary. But um, uh, but I had this discussion too. It's usually good food. I'm not going to TGI Fridays eating onion rings at the onion rings at uh, Ringside. Court and I both did. Oh, yeah. And those are those, you know, healthy onion
1: rings, don't you think? Sure.
3: Yeah, f- deep-fried onion rings. Uh, really you know, healthy. They, they,
1: they don't go crazy <laughs> with the batter, so I guess, I guess there's that. <laughs>
3: there's onion. That's a vegetable. Yeah, no, they
1: do them perfectly. Gary, have you ever had the onion rings? Yes, I have. Ringside? They're great. Yeah. There's a
2: lot that's great there, and that's... That's a place I hadn't gone a lot, and we went uh, for my birthday the other night, and it was fantastic. And, and Onion have, rings, and, and,
3: and I have talked we, about the late night happy hour before on this show, where everything is. Yes. I think it's, two, I think it's 275, 3 two seventy five, three two seventy five, three seventy five, and four seventy five. I think something like that. So it's like six or seven in each category. Including
2: yeah, s- no, I got bits. I got a I got a the steak bites, a great Caesar salad, and a beer for fifteen bucks. Yeah.
3: Good deal. But it's like starting at nine o'clock. I think happy hour starts wherever that
2: we were. Yeah, and it's a great it's a cool atmosphere too. And it's it's pretty busy. Anyway, I'm sorry to go off the the track there, but um we really enjoyed that. We were talking about onion rings or whatever, and um and they're also being so nice as to sponsor us now. So thanks. Anyway.
3: Great. Um I didn't get to finish where Joel Emily Joel Emily's and I went on our dive bar call, and we uh, other people joined. Oh, like i Matt, Matt Ziegler joined in, and and Lauren Brenneman uh, from Coquine joined in, and Johnny um, Johnny his her boyfriend joined in. So we went to Hourglass Pub for some fried chicken. Then we went to Lucky House Restaurant for some underrated Chinese food, and Ambassador's Lounge for karaoke. So these are all in Southeast, Northeast Portland. So. Um, it's, it was it was a fun night. Um, a lot of great people, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. So yeah, thank you, Joel. And How are you at
2: karaoke? What's your What are you good at there? Well,
3: we'll see. I'm. I, I Soon we will be doing a Gary the podcast. Uh, Pete Cho and I will be hopefully working on it, but who the hell knows? But part of our Gary, Gary the foodie podcast, Gary the podcast, will be bad karaoke. So it'll be bad.
2: Bad be karaoke. Bad karaoke. Oh man! So if someone's good, you're actually just going to edit it out
3: oh yeah there are some well, i don't know we've done it before on gary the Mookbong. so we'll we'll see
2: how often is that podcast going to be i have no
3: idea who knows with pete and i working on it could be one a year i don't know
2: <laughs> well that that sounds like fun oh we'll see that, that needs to, that needs to be on the right at the fork network <laughs> gary okay. we, we need to we need to put that down for you um um Uh, else? what else you got? Can I throw one in and we'll come back to you? Yeah. I, I went to, um, Pizzeria Sulago in Lake Oswego and I'm glad to see that some, uh, chefs and businesses are taking, um, you know, moving outside of the the standard expected Portland geography. And they're in a really nice spot right next to St. Honoré there. And, um, And I had, I thought the pizza was fantastic. I really like the crust. It's got, it's kind of a little soft on the edge, but it's crisp as well, pillowy. And the sausage was fantastic. And we saw Nick Ford there and he brought us over some uh, radiatore and that was absolutely delicious. Um, The salad was great too. So, uh, and they're going to be right around the corner from the newest installation of salt and straw, which I peeked in and that looks like it's going to be a really pretty location. Lake Oswego looks very different than when I moved out of there eight years ago. And part of the reason is this kind of stuff. They just rebuilt the downtown, they're rebuilding the downtown and putting some great restaurants in there. So um, that was nice. A lot of great pizza, as we know going on. And um, where else did I go? Oh, Gary, another one that you mentioned Many times, and I remember you specifically saying, Chris, you're going to like this place, go. And it took me a long time to get there. But now, in the last week, I've been a couple of times and got to meet Nolan at Proud Mary. And, uh, man, that to me is, is putting a mark down more so than any other place I know that's open in a long time because it's so different it's delicious. All the most, all of the servers are from down under, so they all have accents. The coffee program is like none other uh, that I know of. Um, they built that entire bar, as he explained it to me, is one large espresso espresso machine. Everything's built in. Um, and anyway, and the food was great too. I had um, the spring casserole there with halibut. Oh. That was fantastic. Nolan who? And Nolan who? I caught a pancake was something, uh, a pancake like I've never had. It was like a practically a deep dish pancake with a lot of greens and fruit on it um, and strawberry compote underneath to sop it up. So um, I'm going to go back a few times. I really love it, and hopefully we'll be doing some more things with them um, because I liked it so much. I was just so impressed. So thanks for that recommendation, and Gary, I can't possibly get to every place that you tell me is great right off the bat, but I'm glad I eventually got there.
3: Well in the past, so, you said in the past you said who's who? You know, last name. So
2: Nolan, who? Nolan. Oh god Hinte, I think it is I'll look it up Nolan while hurt. you're
3: talking H I R T E Nolan Hurt <laughs>
2: Yeah Hurtte Hurtte Hurt or probably Hurt right if you think of it's not going to have any right accent any yeah hurt. no yeah. I I actually this was actually pretty funny I went in there, and I really liked it. I looked it up online for who the owner was, and I said to the server, an Aussie guy, I said, so what's the best way to get to Nathan? And he said, he looked at me with a confused look, and he said, do you mean Nolan? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Nolan. And he said, well, there's an email here on this card. If you send it, if you send it, it'll go to his wife. And if she deems appropriate, it'll get to him. And I, and I kind of looked at him in Larry David fashion. And I said, Oh, I like that. That's a good one. If she deems it appropriate, it'll get to him. So at any rate, I she must've deemed it appropriate because he spent an hour with me that a couple of days later, and it was really nice. So, um, I love that place, Proud Mary. And again, that's what, you know, you look at a place like that and you think we drive around and we see the changes in Portland, but here's one of those new buildings on Alberta, which never, you know, 10 years ago, never had a building like that. And if that's, the, if that's what we're going to build, beautiful spaces like that that do cool things, there definitely there's, you know, growth is not a bad thing in Portland if that's the kind of place we end up with. Right. Yeah. So, oh. um... I've got a couple on the coast I want to mention, as long as summer's coming up, that uh, that people might want to know about um, when they're traveling out here, because I get asked all the time about the coast. Um, one would be in, there's a new spot that opened up in Wheeler that used to be the Tsunami Grill, which I once got a call from my friend, uh, uh, oh, Jesus, Court, mark that, please. Mark, I once got my uh, call from my friend, Jenny Nicholas, when I was eating there and she saw me post something on Facebook and she actually called me that moment and said, stand up and get out of that restaurant. This is a Tsunami Grill. I'm not talking about the new place because the kitchen was so horrible. Well, so a couple of folks bought it and who have been in the music business and love Wheeler and they put so much love into it. And it's opened as the Salmonberry Saloon. You cannot get a nicer view on the coast. It's uh, sitting there on the Halem Bay. The food is really nice. They have great fish and chips. And, uh, and more than that, they have an elevated burger. They're serving a chipino now. And uh, out on the patio, it just can't be nicer. So I would love to see those folks succeed because we don't have a lot of great places to eat out here. Everybody knows Blackbird closed in Manzanita. So that, I would say, is probably the best place to get something to eat down Manzanita Way and Rockaway Way um, at Salmon Bear Saloon. Then I was up in Astoria, and I, um, I had a great lunch, just a lunch at the bar at a place called Carruthers. I think it's been around a while, but I just had never stepped in there. And I had a uh, prawn and chorizo um, chowder with, um, with a... Really nice cornbread. It's gonna bring me back up there again sometime, just for lunch. It was great. So spot and a pretty spot too. So those are my. Uh, I'll as we go. I love having coastal recommendations from people, but those are the two that top of mind for may So uh, anything else?
3: there? Oh, Schilling Cider House. I don't know if anyone knows about Schilling Cider House in Portland. I'm sure many of you do. It's a larger. It's the largest cider house in the United States. With over 60 t- taps devoted to cider, the first 8 to 10 of the ciders are uh, devoted to the shilling o- the Shilling's own cider. The other 42 or so, or however many are, that are left, are other ciders from around locally and from around the nation. So Shilling's Cider House, which I believe is called the Goat Blocks, but it's a big-ass cider house in southeast Portland.
2: All right. How often are you getting to the People's Pig? Uh,
3: once every three years. Oh, that's it. Have yeah. you been to the new one? No, I have not.
2: Oh, man. I, so we went for the fried chicken sandwich crawl, which is, uh, if you look at it, it was about a month ago with Andy from Thrillist, and we all had this. That one that was our favorite fried chicken sandwich, which, by the way, since then I've had the um, Nashville hot fried chicken at Lardo and I think it might it might overtake People's Pig but I don't know. But at any rate I went back for the brisket at, at uh People's Pig by myself and then I went with my friend from Austin, Texas and um just to see what she would think about it and it was spectacular. And that's the the nicest surprise is the atmosphere is really cool. It's got kind of an Austin, Texas vibe. Uh the 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 Seats at the bar are really cool, and it's just I like it. I would suggest getting back there, Gary, because it's not like the other people's pig on North Williams. You betcha. Um, so I would plan on that. So uh, anything else, Court? Anything you've got
1: up your sleeve? No, I, I don't have anything other than I, I just technically I'm out of time. We oh, we've gone over thirty-five minutes here.
2: Have we really? Yep. Okay. Well, the network's going to be uh, the network's going to be all over us for that, yep. right? They're going to. They're not going to be able to do the, what they need to do. So we'll just cut it right here sure. and thank Gary for coming in. And we'll look forward to scheduling something in the middle of the summer. Yeah. And maybe on one of the, you know, one of the zillions of restaurants you get to, we'll get to dine together sometime.
0: Thank you. Bye.